And good afternoon, everyone. Jonathan McNamara, JMU Sound Off here as we recount the news of JMU head coach Kurt Signetti leaving for Indiana University to become the new head coach in the Big Ten. We have a very special episode for you today as we talk about all the news surrounding this move from Kurt Signetti and look towards the future for what comes next for this program. But as always, want to thank our sponsors from Skyline Financial Partners and the Montpelier Collective for allowing us to do this podcast. Uh, and before I bring on the other members of the team, we just want to send a personal note of thanks to everyone who reached out uh, to me over the last couple of weeks uh, with condolences and positive energy um, surrounding the loss of my grandfather and grandmother. Just wanted to say on behalf of my family, it means a lot uh, and it helped us get through it. So really appreciate the support of the JMU Nation. It means a lot. And with that, we're going to get right to it today. Bring on Michael Evangelista and Steve Brown. Um, Taylor Atkins unable to join us today, but definitely with us with his thoughts for sure. Um, guys, welcome to a, a special episode of Sound Off. A lot of things have happened since we last talked. Um, anybody who's listening to this podcast, well familiar with the news uh, that Kurt Signetti heads to Indiana. We've seen all the videos today from their social media. I've uh, been on the Big Ten Network already, um, meeting the team, met by 100 members of their marching band in the rain in Indiana. I'm going to start with you right off the top, Michael. Uh, I think we all knew this was a possibility. Uh, there was a lot of discussion, whether it was Chris Fanini, Pete Thamel, um, others around the college football landscape who mentioned Signetti's name in rumors to uh, not only Indiana, but also potentially uh, some other jobs like Syracuse and Duke. But he pulls the trigger, uh, makes the move. Um, your initial thoughts on, on um, any aspect of this, do you want to take it? But um, what comes next? The end of an era for Kurt Signetti at JMU. Yeah. Uh, first off, like, it's tough. You know, I think the natural side of all this is the emotional aspect. You know, seeing everything transpond yesterday from silence in the morning to Pete Thamel finally saying, hey, sources indicate we're finalizing agreement, to then seeing Signetti you know, post a video, right? There's a lot of emotional response to this. Um, but after seeing this, this, I mean, this is our fourth head coach in 10 years. Uh, I would say if you, it's hard. But you've got to take the emotional aspect out of this and think big picture. You know, the fact that we countered with potentially making Signetti the highest paid Sunbelt coach in year two of our transition um, by like 20 to 30 percent varying numbers, right, of what a highest Sunbelt contract looks like. That's like a huge signal in terms of like financial commitment by the university, whether the number was five million from Indiana or four million. There's at a point when you're negotiating where it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, taking the emotion out of it, you know, what we've seen today, like Horace Jones in the portal, he's a grad student, right? He's got a degree from JMU. Um, I think Jalen Walker as well. I think Aiden Fisher is going, right? Like he's he's the only underclassman. Um, we had one decommit. I think it's a far cry from the doom and gloom that you're seeing on Twitter. And here's the thing, like, if, if, if it makes sense to you to stay away from the activity, do it, right? But, like, I think we are running to conclusions of what this all means, but not recognizing, like, we've, we've done this before. There's a process to this and certainly an urgency from the administration to get this done before Monday. Well, and, and I want to point out to that is, is while JMU is losing some players to the portal, or, and remember, once you enter the portal, Grayson McCall, you can always come back. So it's kind of keeping your options open. And the recruit you mentioned, Jaja Boyd, said, Jamie's still a top potential candidate for his services. But this is happening in the context of if you look at programs throughout the Sun Belt, look at Coastal Carolina. Um, not only do they lose recruits yeah, to the portal, they, they well, shut down their NIL. 
They shut down their NIL collective, by the way, in the last couple of days. Nobody so cares this, about Coastal Carolina. Who cares? Exactly. But the context <laughs> of it, though, I know. is that we're not the only group of five program who is seeing a rush to the transfer portal. And and I think the purpose in saying that is two fans um, who all of us have probably had our blood pressure pop off a few points in the last few hours seeing some of this. It's going to be okay. And I, and I do want to ask you, I, I one comment that's come through in some of the, you know, messages online and probably text messages a lot of people is feel saying well you know how does this what, what does this mean for the for the future of jmu as a program and what i would say is as you said i i loved your point about look at the recruiting classes after our last couple of coaching um changes there have been some pretty big names in those classes that have been instrumental players for the success of this program and have helped set us up and i think it also leads to the fact that any coach who does come to harrisonburg um, is also going to be bringing with them their guys, their recruits that they've targeted, their network of of, of players. So there's going to be roster shuffling for sure as a part of this, but anyone saying that this means um, we're going to take a step back or that this program is, is going to be in a bad spot next year, it's too early to know that, and history serves. I don't think we should think that at all. One other comment that's come through is that if there are some emotions around people being upset about Signetti leaving, and as we've said in one of our first tweets out was thanking him, was to look at the context of the fact that he said on on the Pat McAfee show, why would you leave this? That was the information he had at hand at the time. And I will say in defense of CNA, I do believe him and take him as word, and this is where I was going to come to you, Steve, that his desire to stay in Harrisonburg was genuine. Um, but yeah. sometimes, uh, you know, how many of us, if if offered $30 million today to, to make a move or whatever it is, 25, 35 million, uh, I, I, I think if anybody's intellectually honest, most of the people are probably at least taking that plane ride to Indianapolis to have that conversation. And most people are probably saying yes. Your thoughts, Steve? Yeah. He's not dishonest. Um, you know, co coach is a bit quirky. Um, I think we, and that's fine. So am I, but he, he wanted to stay there, There's, he didn't lie to people two weeks ago, you know, two weeks ago right now, uh, we're cheering on our man up here in the right-hand corner on the Pat McAfee show. That was two weeks ago today. <laughs> so there's um no he i mean at the end of the day i can't blame him i wouldn't blame him um that is life altering money and so at the end of the day when you love what you're doing um and you're having a great time with what you're doing and he does had a great time with what he was doing i can't fault him for doing something different he two weeks ago he told the truth on the pat mcafee show this is a great place college game day great place but when you put that kind of money in front of somebody, I don't fault him to take care of his family. Um, and I understand why you make that move. So for people to get mad at him over that is silly. I, In my opinion, you can get mad if you want to. It's your opinion. But at the end of the day, he didn't lie to us. He didn't sell us down the river. Um, he did everything he could for this team. And they had a great year. And he capitalized on it. And I, I want to say on that, too, if you look at Signetti from the perspective of what makes him great as a coach is that he's confident. He believes in himself and I'm never somebody he's, that's going to fault somebody. He, yeah. He's a CEO. Like he knows I, he's, yep. he's an organizational guru. Like he yep. knows everyone's strengths and weaknesses. He knows when to deploy certain people, personnel resources. That's his strength. He did yep. it. Yeah, at IEP. I, yeah. But I was going to say though, is I'm never going to fault him for betting on himself and believing that he can go into the big 10, take a program yep. that has a, a, a donor who's made some news this week uh, in Mr. Mark Cuban, who's uh, now $3.5 billion richer 
um, could probably make some significant waves in the NIL uh, department for Indiana if he chooses to. But Signetti believes he's going to go in there and win with his staff like he has at any other place. We can all have our thoughts on if that uh, is going to happen or not, and, and time will tell. Um, certainly coaches who have left JMU before have found out how hard it is to transition that success from JMU, but I am never going to fault him for uh, for believing in himself and believing in his staff and believing in his ability to uh, go wherever he is going to go and make it successful. And, and that's why I feel yeah. um, maybe stepping back from you know reflecting on the move itself, but I do think it, we owe it to ourselves to reflect on the time period um, for which Kurt Signetti came to JMU. Leaving um, Mike Houston leaves this program. A lot of questions for for where we were going to go when Kurt Signetti came to town. Um, I think some of the initial days after he got the job, there was a lot of kind of conversation around who is this guy? He's a little bit, uh, there was quite the contrast from the fire, fiery personality of Mike Houston in the speeches to a little bit of a more awkward coach um, in terms of his media engagement. But he grew with this program uh, and took us through uh, to a national championship game. Um, some incredible wins along the way. And then takes us through to one of the, I would say most important periods of time in the history of this athletics department in that two year transition gets us to eight and three comes back this year. There were lots of questions about Jordan McLeod questions about many positions, including the receiver group, but he maximized the talent on this roster and got us to one of the most historic seasons that we'll probably all yeah. be remembering years from now. Um, pretty special time, Michael, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, like let's, let's just, you know, for all of our new listeners, right. Whether you're, you're still at a student at JMU or freshly out, like, this isn't our first time. And what I say, this is, this feels different. I mean, I am upset. Like it's an emotional thing, right? You feel like you just got your heart broken. I get it. But you think back, right? We lost Mickey in 2013 or he was let go. That was a pivotal time at JMU. We just built the stadium. There's a lot of seven and four seasons. We need a shot in the arm. And then came Withers. We had two fantastic seasons, averaging hundred points a game and giving up 110 points a game. But like, that's what we needed at the time. And when Withers went, we kind of saw it like, you know, he went to Texas state. It was kind of weird. Like, is that really a step up? But it wasn't out of the order. It didn't feel, it, it was just different, right? Like we knew he was on, on the way out. I think Houston hurt a lot because he took us another step forward, brought a national championship, brought us another game day, sort of gave us like a stabilizing force. And he was such a charismatic person. Like you said, he had like the, what do you call it? The, the rah-rah speeches, knock, you know, lock the damn gates, and we felt connected to that. And that would hurt because it was ECU, and initially it was Charlotte. And then there was these, like, I think Sports Blog mentioned, you know, there was these tears of, you know, like, it just was like, a, it, it just was painful. And I think that one hurt. This one was, this guy gave us half a decade of amazing memories, brought the program through COVID. Let's not forget this. Yeah. This guy brought the team through COVID. Um, and the fact that we are fielding Big Ten coaches, yes, IU, like armpit of the Big Ten, I get it, is like a huge compliment to the program. Let's think about it that way. And so I'm confident, right, that we're going to get the right guy, whether we go the another CEO route or find someone that's going to bring, to your point, um, a network of coaches and players and that sort of network. I mean, that'd be fantastic, but like, I want us to really think big picture here versus, you know, the sky is falling and things are blowing up in front of us. Absolutely. But you guys just, you guys just remember recent history. I've been through this since 1984. Good point. So I was there when Chalice left. 
So, you know, you guys are thinking, oh, it's Mickey. Okay, that's 2013. I've been through Joe and Rip and Alex Wood. I was there when Mickey got hired. So I've been through all that. And, yeah, it was a much smaller program. None of this type of hype going on. We didn't have somebody leaving to go to a P5 program. But we've gone through this every time, and, and we do this every time to ourselves, which just drives me nuts, that, yes, I'm depressed. It bugs me. But I'm also really positive. I mean, and you, people are going to say, you're always positive. You never say anything negative. Well, that's not really true. You just probably don't hear me say a lot of stuff negative on the air. But at the end of the day, there's a big silver lining to this. Um, we've come through every one of these things better since 2013. So we'll go to recent history. Um, everybody was like, oh, my God, we're losing Mickey. Um, Everett comes in. Everett changes a bunch of stuff. Um, and when Everett you know, left, people were like, well, we didn't really want Everett here anyway. It's not true. There's a lot that he did that was really good for JMU. He put us on a trajectory. And the same thing happened when we had Houston come in. I agree with Mike. Um, you know, that was hard when he left. Um, I still talk to him. I'll still, I still talk to Mickey. I'll still talk to Signetti. You know, these aren't people I'm not going to talk to. Um, at the end of the day, it's a very small community. It's not that big. And a lot of these people kind of circle back in your life. And some of the people that are being floated out there for coaches were coaches were in the coaching realm, or at least in the decision-making portal of this in 2018, 2019, when Signetti was looked at. Um, so a lot of this stuff kind of comes full circle. So yeah, is it hurt? Sure. But at the end of the day, we've got to start looking what the positive, look where the program is. I mean, two weeks ago, we had 7,500 people on the quad watching Michael um, give a sweatshirt, give a uh, one of the polos over to McAfee, and he cuts the sleeves off and sits there for an hour. The next day, with 26,000 people for college game day. None of that stuff's gone. The stadium will be packed next year, no matter who's coaching this team. Um, I have full confidence in whoever we bring in uh, with the talent we have and the talent that we'll bring in. If people want to go, hope you don't, hope you stay. Um, but if you want to go, don't begrudge it to you. But at the end of the day, we'll bring in other folks if that's if that's the way it's got to be, and we'll we'll rebuild the team. But my hope is that the guys that are on the current roster stick around. Wait and see who you who gets hired before you yeah. make a rash decision and leave. Exactly. I will say that there is some breaking news that I think we should discuss because there is an, an immediate impact of the Kurt Signetti leaving JMU. Is there's still a bowl game to be played, uh, yeah. and a bowl game that will if it doesn't leak uh, prior to Sunday will come out on Sunday night and. Breaking from Shane Metlin is during his press conference in Indiana. Um, Signetti does not necessarily commit uh, to coaching the bowl game anymore and actually said he won't be heavily involved in the planning for that game. Um, so that there is an unanswered question of we've talked a lot about the fact that these players that are on this roster, the ones that choose to stay and play for this bowl game, have had a magical season and, and deserve uh, to, a capstone to that season with the support of our fans. Uh, as yes. well as the the best game plan possible for whoever their opponent is. And the, the full co quote is, Curtis Nade did not confirm he would be coaching Jamie in his bowl game. He said there was a window of opportunity for him to do so. And the JMU athletic director, Jeff Foreman, would like him to, but his focus is on Indiana. Quote, I won't be involved much in the preparation for the bowl game. That's a, that's a pretty big statement, not only to you know all of us as fans, that's a pretty big statement to the players he's leaving behind. Um, just kind of your thoughts on that breaking news. Time to move on. I mean, like it's honest. Yeah, it's honest. Like even when Bourne yesterday was saying, you know, he's, you know, that's something they want to do. Like it's college football. Things move at a speed of light nowadays. The portal opens on Monday. I think it's time to move on. Um, it is what it is. But to your point, this is not about the coaches, the AD, the administration. It's about the student athletes. 
And these guys deserve 100%, 150% of our support. I'm going to be at the bowl game. I know Steve's going to be there. I know John's oh, going to be yeah. there. Like, we will be there to support the 100 kids that are going to be out there giving their blood, sweat, and freaking tears for this damn program. And that's what matters most. So I think it's like, we'll figure it out. I trust the new coach will be in there and try to like get the band together. It's going to be painful. This is the moment where you got to rip the bandaid off. No one, no more crying over, Oh, this coach is leaving. It's a coaching staff change. This is what's supposed to happen. Players will announce they're leaving. This is what's supposed to happen. Signetti has an interest to make Indiana good. I won't be surprised that half these guys will be wearing crimson or whatever their colors are. It is what it is. And the moment we realize that and accept it, make a decision how we want to feel about it, the better off we're going to be as a fan base. Amen to that. I will say this, and I I did want to bring up this point. It's just a conversation piece, and then I think we should transition to what comes next. This is a moment in time, though, where all Sunbelt programs do, I think, have to look at the full landscape in the group of five and realize that, um, first of all, I want to be transparent and clear in saying the news that JMU's athletic administration and the news that our donor base, um, which has been talked about a lot on this program, were willing to make Kurt Signetti the highest paid coach in the Sun Belt, as you said, two years into the transition, um, is something that deserves all of our applause, um, something that deserves you know, appreciation to, I'm going to call them people like Steve Brown, people like Cliff Wood, John Connors, the, the people who have over many, many years, I've answered the call, Jake Coons, to step up to the plate to support this university. Joe Shokers of the world and the new donors who are coming in. This is a moment, but it is important to note that the highest paid coach in the Sun Belt wouldn't be in the top 20 group of five coaches. So I think all Sun Belt programs, as they look towards the future, uh, and, and I, we're focused on JMU, are going to have to have realistic conversations of what can you do? Can we find additional resources to make sure that we can compete with not only the P5 schools, which Let's be honest, if, if we were to offer Kurt Signetti $3 million or $4 million, they can probably always offer seven, eight, nine. And if somebody's willing to leave for more money, they're probably going to leave. But it's really about looking at schools like UTSA, looking at schools like Tulane. And if they're able to do it, we have to, to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, can we do that? And that's going to take more conversations like this, where we continue to talk about the importance of the Duke Club, continue to talk about the importance of the Montpelier Collective, and finding a new donor base to enhance the existing donor base that we have to allow this program to continue to have the resources necessary because this new coach that's going to come in, whoever it is, and we're going to talk about potential candidates in a minute, is going to have a laundry list of things he's going to want to do to enhance this program. New stadium expansion, we, practice facilities. So, Steve, your do thoughts? We care, do we care enough to be Tulane? Yep. That's what this comes down to. I put that on uh, Facebook somewhere. I can't remember who I was trying to explain something that in terms of the math. We can continue to live like we're living and having our folks picked off, or we can decide to pay like a mid-level P5 school. And you don't lose people to Indiana. If there was three and a half million on the table, he doesn't go. More than likely. I don't know. I don't know what he's getting. But if you've got something that's too. close... Two and a half, whatever. But if at the end of the day, if you're paying something that like Tulane money um, and you want to be at the top of the G5, if that's where you want to be, then you, we've got to pay and we got to act like it. If we don't, then we got to get used to wringing our hands every two or three years because this will happen. Um, if we're successful, our people will get picked. Um, Tulane goes through this every year and he still may go. 
I mean, I think they're paying him a lot of money, and Willie still may go, but Willie's probably going to end up at a at a pretty good I situation. I think he's rumored to go to his uh, candidate or final candidate for Houston right now. Yeah, so, so he's going to Big 12. So yep. big job. But at the end of the day, that's where we as a university, and that's why this is a good point for us, is we've been celebrating for two weeks until yesterday. And then yesterday we weren't. But this, the good thing for me is the thing that kind of kicks me in the rear end is this makes you look at yourself to say, who do you want to be as a university? Do you want to be who you've been for the last eight weeks on the ride you've been on? Do you still want to keep that feeling? It takes money to fuel it. And people are probably getting tired of us saying it. But at the end of the day, that's what it takes. And we're going to have to pump more money into the program. We're going to have to become a bigger time program because we, we claim we're big time. We're not big time in fundraising. I can tell you that right now. We're about as small time as you can possibly be in fundraising. Um, and that's got to change if we want to try to keep these keep these kids and we want to try to keep coaching staffs. It's okay. But the other, the other we piece of that, it, really quick, the other piece of that, though, is there's been a lot of conversation about JMU consistently being the school from the group of five that competes for that playoff spot in the new 12-team field. Well, we're competing with the UTSAs of the world, the Tulane's of the world, and other American conference schools who are paying significantly more money for their head coaches. So that comes into play in these coaches coaching searches. So when there's a coach interviewing a JMU, he may be interviewing at an American conference school. And it could be a candidate we want. And if JMU's paying 1.1, 1.5, you pick a number, and they're paying three, chances are that coach is going to pick that program. So it's a moment not to dwell on that point, but there's also a bigger picture conversation about um, allocation of resources, how we fund things, and we can have those discussions down the road. But any decision we make and any candidate that we go after and retaining those in the future will be aided dramatically by the support of everyone who puts a purple flag on their house, has a JMU license plate, has 10 or more sweatshirts in their you know closet that say JMU on it. Transit, translate that passion into donor support, and it's going to help this program go forward. Yeah. With that, though, we do want to transition to the next potential candidate for JMU. Uh, Jeff Bourne did do a media availability um, where he was very candid uh, in saying that he had an idea that this could happen about a week ago, um, has already enlisted the same hiring firm that he is using to um, hire the next athletic director for JMU, and that's a point where I want to start on. There has been some reporting from Shane Metlin um, last night indicating that there is at least the possibility of a package deal. Michael, do you want to go into what that could potentially look like? Because there's some candidates' names already starting to uh, be publicly stated. You know, So our, our commentary on this is not um, individually sourced, but based on media reports out there, there are some possible package deals coming to Harrisonburg um, based on the connections to our hiring firm. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, before I go into like package, like let's just talk about context here, right? Like I think it's important for the fact that hiring a head coach and that head coach potentially not knowing who their boss is going to be in six months, that's a very interesting place to be. So I think it's strategic and smart that we're using the same agency to do both. So two birds with one stone per se. Um, but I think it's also important to note, we've used this firm in years past. I think we used them in what, 2015? When we got Houston, we used them in 2018. So the, the relationships run deep. And there is a UVA tie to this. You know, I think that's the interesting one. I, I believe Craig Littlepage, the former AD at UVA, is actually behind the scenes. At yeah, the he, is the, he is the one leading both the AD search and the coaching search on behalf of a, of a firm that has many people from connected to other universities, but his connections as a former yep. athletic director at UVA. 
So I think there it is fair to say, right? Like, look at last year or two years ago when UVA was down between Tony Elliott and Tony Elliott and a man named Anthony Poindexter who's at Penn State right now. Do we have a shot? And I think Poindexter even interviewed in 2018. He's currently, I think, the safeties coach and defensive coordinator at Penn State from Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, well-renowned in the state, a hyper recruiter. Um, players love him from what I've heard. Um, and there's certain people in the UVA athletic department that I think would be really great. Um, I, I think we right before we hit record, I think we're very high on a former quarterback. His name is Sean Moore. He's an associate athletic director or, at, or personal development. I, forget, I don't know exactly what it is, but I believe he's in charge of literally um, some of UVA's largest donors. And I know, let me take a step back. Let's get rid of the UVA light or other negative parts of this conversation. Um, we don't want to be that, but we also have to be realistic. Like if we want to be what Steve said, if we want to make a choice to be a big time program, we also have to bring in people that know what big time programs do. What is that framework, that template, that best practice? Take off the purple glasses for a second. There might be changes. It might be painful. But the Poindexter, Sean Moore piece is a bit interesting, just using a little bit of common sense there. Um, but I won't be surprised if whoever hires a head coach, start looking at that re relationship tree, that networking tree. That's going to show some significant signs who our potential AD would be as well. And remember, when you bring in people from other places, it means that you get home and away games. You bring in somebody that's been at Penn State, you get somebody that's been in Virginia, then it suddenly opens up that maybe Virginia comes across the mountain and plays in Harrisonburg. Um, you got to be thinking like that. You know, at, at the end of the day, we love having our rivalries. And yes, you know, I, you know, Tech, Virginia Tech, you know, we, we always want to, you know, rag on them because they rag on us. They got a great program going. Uh, they fill that stadium when they have a crappy team or they're not doing well. I can't say the team's not trying hard, but they may not be good. They're still shaking their keys and doing inter-Sandman, and they still have that place rocking no matter who's in there. Um, I like that culture when you can do that and you bring that to a different university. So everything we do expands what we do. And so, you know, it doesn't hurt us to grow. It's a growing pain. Yeah, I guess it's a little painful, but at the end of the day, it's exciting too. Um, there's an exciting part to this. I, um, you know, I'll applaud Coach Signetti for saying, you know, you know, gee, maybe this, maybe it's not going to work out or maybe I'm not going to be very involved in the ball piece of it. I think 24 hours, you start thinking about that. And I think we all did, you know, I was excited when I first heard that. And I'm thinking, well, how's that work? Um, you know, at my job and everybody I give advice to on the labor and employment world, when somebody says they're leaving, we wish them well. They don't get to stay for any period of time. Um, I always tell my clients, they go that day. And if you're going to pay them for the two weeks that they gave you the notice, great, pay them for the two weeks. But at the end of the day, nothing good usually comes from them sticking around. Um, and I'm not saying anything bad about Coach Signetti at all, because I, I think he's an honorable person and could could do it. I don't know how you do both jobs. You, you, there's a duty of loyalty you have. His loyalty is with Indiana. It's not with JMU. Mm -hmm. You can't work the JMU portal and the IU portal. He's going to work the Indiana portal. That's who just hired him. Somebody's got to work our portal. So, yep. you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, I applaud our folks for working on this quickly. Um, you know, if we all want to be honest, and I had an inkling about this two weeks ago, and it might just been my own spidey sense. But if you go back and you listen to what Coach Sigletti said on Pat McAfee and you see what he saw on what he said on college game day, I'm not saying he was looking to leave, but I started thinking because some words he used were in the past tense. This is a great place. Um, you know, th this is a good place to be. 
it wasn't, you know, it, so there were certain things he said that in my, and it could have just been until I'm 75. And they said, yeah, JM I have 13 more years. Yeah, he said, JMU's potential is limitless. He didn't say yeah. our potential is limitless. I thought that yeah. was interesting at the time. And, you know, he said last week, Jordan's coming back, he, coming back to JMU. Vincent coming back with me, coming. But again, I'm not saying that he knew he was going to do anything. But when you're a 10 and 0 or you're 11 and 1, you know you're getting your agents getting pinged. And so at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with talking like that. And he was still hyping the university hard. I'm not saying he did anything wrong. But, you know, we got so many great things to do and so much to be excited for. We got so many candidates that are looking our way. Um, well, I'm excited well, that, to hear what's coming out. Some of the other candidate names, there was an article just tweeted out by Chris Vanini at The Athletic. Uh, and one of the main names mentioned uh, is the coach at Holy Cross, Mr. Chesney, uh, whose Great name job, has been mentioned in a number of uh, P5 potential jobs, including being a finalist for the Syracuse job. Um, Manny Diaz, uh, Penn State, another name now that has both been floated by Pete Thamel, uh, as well as now floated by Chris Vanini. And one thing we know about Chris Vanini is he's probably one of the more well-sourced um, people yep, in all college sports. Uh, and then a name we saw some flight tracking done by some uh, <laughs> wannabe journalists today that there were some flights from the Houston area, well aware that sometimes you can take the serial number off. Maybe it was just a random flight to Harrisonburg. Uh, but those who know is that Houston did fire Dana Holgerson, the former coach at West Virginia. That's a name that hasn't made its way into the Pete Thamels and the Chris Vanini's of the world. I saw David Teal's article in the Richmond Times Dispatch also did not mention Holgerson. Um, but I want to go with that before we go into some of the names that we could possibly see. Joe Harasimak, um, who's a name from the past, coaching at Maine. Um, now is it Rutgers also being mentioned? But your thoughts on the possibility of maybe a wild card candidate like a Holgerson who sees JMU, sees the success we have had over the last couple of years, um, the national attention, and the roster that, well, what we have currently on our roster and says, you know what, I can win here and I can win here immediately uh, and raise my profile potentially to get back into the, you know, the power five conferences in short order. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, Mike. I, I guess personally, um, Dana would, I mean, that just, that just hyped me up. Like, think about that. Like what type of statement going back to Steve mentioning around, how do you be like the number one G five? Like that is a name that I know players love. I mean, he's, it depends on which version of Dana we might get. But talk about the he's a character. The high, yeah, no well, doubt. Very he's much a character. a character. Very much a character. Um, I think he used to drink Red Bulls every night before he games does. and not sleep and all that stuff. Like burning my couch about, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like talk about energy, talk about a splash, talk about someone that um was clamoring at Houston around they weren't financially prepared to go to the Big 12. They needed commitment. Um, talk about someone that's gonna ignite our donor base. And really share like, hey, we're big time. We're James Madison University. We're we're not Madison College anymore. So I think that's that's a splash hire. Talk about a big headline. Um, but another name you mentioned that I'm really excited about because he shares the same mold as the prior coach. It's Bob Chesney. You're talking about someone that, and I've tweeted about this over the last 48 hours. We need someone that knows how to maximize resources. Is a is very uh, what's the word? Has really good organization knows how to identify talent and maximize that talent and no better place than Worcester, Massachusetts than a Holy cross. I mean, they probably have what, like a 10th of the money we have. I mean, their endowment probably, you know, dwarfs ours, but like from an athletic standpoint, like probably a 10th of what we have found a way to win in the Northeast 
has made a Holy Cross an FCS contender over the last two years. I think they're a big deal now from what I've heard. They're in the playoffs right now. Um, yeah. Has really good quarterback play. You're looking at the Signetti, right? Winning at Elon, winning at IUP, and winning at IUP significantly. That's someone that's very intriguing. We've always wanted someone that had a head coaching background that can be a CEO. That's a really enticing name. And I believe their AD or associate AD has ties to the Valley too, from what I've heard. Can't someone corroborate that? But like that could be an interesting combo as well. Well, and the other one I, I wanted to get your thoughts, both of you, because we're familiar with Joe Harris Simiak. Reports were he was a candidate when Kurt Signetti got the job. Um, also has ties to somebody all of us on this podcast are familiar with, Corey Heatherman, mm-hmm. who's also on staff at Rutgers. Could we see Harris Simiak come down to Harrisonburg and bring his old buddy back to a place that, from all reports, he loves um, and has told people in the past that, you know, leaving Harrisonburg was something that, on part, at least yeah. partially regrets, um, an opportunity to maybe to come back. And it wouldn't be a lateral move because, remember, he's a position coach currently in the P5. So an opportunity to become a group of five coordinator, he could still sell as a step up. You on, you just went on mute by mistake. I don't know what happened, but um, yeah, I mean, that's the defense we're running. So remember it's Corey's defense that Brian Haynes took over and it's, and it's, it's a great defense. Love the defense. Uh, Corey loved it here. Um, And, you know, a lot of players, a A lot of players they recruited are still here. Yep. And Corey's great. I mean, they're, there's tons of people that are vying for this job, which is, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. You know, before a couple of years ago, before we were, I mean, honestly, before we were big time, which we are, um, you probably had five to seven. Um, I, you know, you heard Jeff Bourne yesterday say dozens have contacted them and, and the people you're hearing in the articles from Chris and all these folks, th- these are top level folks. And uh, not that we haven't had top level folks before we always have, but it, it feels different. It just does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like the way it feels. What, Michael, what do you think on the on the Corey, potential Corey? Yeah, I mean, and Joe. For sure. I think, like, for our listeners, right, Joe Harris-Simiak, I think, what, five or six years ago, was the head coach at Maine. Another very yep. difficult place to recruit, um, to win at, and he was one game away from bringing that program to a national championship or at least to be in a national championship. They lost to Eastern Washington. They had to travel all across the country for that game. He was a young head coach, but those teams were scrappy. They had very good play design. They knew how to maximize the talent. And Corey Heatherman, I think, was his DC at the time. He was. So Joe leaves to go to Minnesota to be a defensive coordinator. Corey Heatherman comes to JMU, I think, in 2019 to run our defense. Joe's now at defensive coordinator at Rutgers. Corey Heatherman's the linebacker coach at Rutgers. And Joe also interviewed for the job in 2018. So there's familiarity there. Um, and so I think, I mean, that would be a solid choice also and something I'd be jazzed up about. Sorry, guys, my power went out. My power went out. So <laughs> the board reset as well. Um, Too good, Joe. What about Manny Diaz? Thoughts on Manny, him? For those, yeah, the folks out there that don't remember, Manny was the head coach of University of Miami um, before he was at Penn State. And he's responsible for the defense at Penn State. So, you know, if you can say, well, they can't win the big one. Well, they still win 10 games a year at that program. And that defense is really stinking good. Um, and that's Manny's defense. And they were good at Miami. So, you know, Manny's a, Manny is absolutely, 
um, a great candidate. And, you know, if he, if he's in the running, I mean, based we're going on based on what the reported, uh, the reports are out there, but, but Manny would be great. And he's such a recruiter. My and he's God, got he's an energetic personality, man. And with Pennsylvania being a pretty massive priority from us in terms of recruiting, would be really intrigued by what he would be able to do, maybe even securing um, the commitments of some of the recruits we currently have in our class, um, getting Jaja Boyd to, to come back to Harrisonburg. One other name that's just been added to the fold, though, uh, and to go back to the conversation we had earlier about the package deal concept um, mm-hmm. in terms of AD and, and uh, Coach, is there has been some chatter about the possibility of one of our athletic director um, candidates being from the University of Maryland. With that, Maryland offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis, uh, who won the 2021 Broyles Award at Michigan uh, as the Wolverines reached the college football playoff, he spent 2022 at Miami and 2023 at Maryland, um, finishing fourth in the Big Ten in scoring. He's a North Carolina native uh, who's also coached at Alabama, Penn State, and Vanderbilt. So if you're starting to think of those package opportunities, could we see a Josh Gaddis? Um, Florida A&M head coach Willie Simmons mentioned um, North Carolina State defensive coordinator Tony Gibson, um, as well as Florida State offensive coordinator Alex, Alex Atkins, and then South Carolina head coach, uh, associate head coach Pete Lembo. Those are some additional names added to the fold by Chris Vanini. Um, not sure how familiar are you any of them, but I, I continue to come back to this intriguing concept of there being a package deal from the the AD and coach, and that Maryland connection um, is intriguing, especially that's a new name that was not on that list last night from Chris Vanini. What an exciting time to be at JMU. Like, you're, you're naming these candidates, right? Manny Diaz, the head coach of Miami, like, it's, like these are substantial names in the coaching community that we now allegedly, right, have a hand on, and we can pay for. Um, another name out there, I know it's been thrown around, Tom Herman. Yes, the Tom Herman at Texas, currently at FAU making 750K a year. Would he come to JMU for double? Allegedly, there's interest. I, I don't know. Like once, and also, guys, like for all our listeners, like this, we're all fans. Like we don't, we're, we don't have, we're not reporters. We, we're not. Follow Katie we, Harper. Follow, yes. follow Shane Metlin. Follow Shane. Congratulations. First of all, follow proud Christine. of Katie. Proud of Katie Harper. Yes. What little did she know in her first couple of weeks as the beat reporter, she'd be covering not only the App State game and everything that went down with that, um, covering a coaching change, a bowl game, all of that stuff. So shout out to Katie and Shane Mentlin, who continues to do reporting. They're the ones who have the greatest likelihood uh, of uncovering this scoop, um, as well as uh, obviously the Pete Thamels and the Chris Finitis of the world. But I, I am glad you mentioned that, Michael. We are, we are not on this podcast, at least at the moment, quoting any sources that we have from inside the program. Um, and a lot of that also is out of respect to those sources and people we know, because we know that their confidentiality matters um, and their relationships matter. And at least on this platform, we're not going to do anything to in- endanger those relationships. Yeah. Also, I, I'd love to just fanboy on this a little bit. You mentioned Alex Atkins at Florida state. Um, this is an interesting one for all our listeners. He was a, I believe a lineman um, at Tennessee Chattanooga. So has that offensive line background. Um, was at Georgia Southern, was the associate head coach and I think offensive line coach at Tulane for many years. So talk about someone that understands the G5 program and how it's built, um, how it sustains success, but also has that signetti, you know, you win on the line of scrimmage attitude. Um, and also Florida State coming from there. Uh, we've had significant players from the state of Florida, D'Angelo Pons, 
Jimmy Moreland. The list goes on. Todd Santeo, Jordan McLeod. That is a significant recruiting area for us also. So that's someone that comes from the state of Florida, that knows the G5 landscape, that's been to a Georgia Southern when they were transitioning, right? Mind you, that is a significant piece of the pie. Um, that's another name I'm pretty excited about also. Steve, what do you prefer? Like, what are you, what are you thinking from like a, well, from your experience, what is the right combination of like skills, maybe personality, background that you'd want to see in your next head coach? It's, it's a little, it, it, well, I, I want somebody that's going to be pushing the envelope a bit on the fundraising piece, um, along with the Duke club. Um, and I think you need somebody who's tuned in to, if you want to be here, how do you get yep. here? Um, and be willing to be very transparent about it. So, you know, I, I like that type of a coach that um, likes to go out and shake hands and kiss babies and mingle with the crowd. Um, you need that. You know, that's how money flows. The Duke Club can't do it all. The collective can't do it all. The coach does have a piece to that. So for me, I, I want somebody in that realm, not so worried about age, um, but something for me in the youth piece helps. I kind of like somebody in their 30s or 40s. Um, you know, Signetti's my age. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, he can coach for 13 more years. I can tell you right now, I'm not working for 13 more freaking years. Um, but if that's what he on, likes to do, great. hold on, Steve, we're going to break. You, you're at least committing to a 13-year contract with Jamie Soundoff, though. Oh, of course, yes. The Soundoff has a, a Michael's contract. Michael's contract was renewed, so congratulations. Yes. So Steve Brown also coming back. So I signed going. a 6.8 million dollar contract with the Soundoff. A million dollars of feel good. So it's all, not all supported by Cliff. <laughs> if Cliff Woods listening, thank you, Cliff, for for Steve's 6.8 million dollar contract. Uh, My agent's feel also good. calling. <laughs> yeah, it's you no. Know, of course, I'll always do the program. It's, it's a blast. But I, that's what I'm looking for is probably somebody in that realm. Um, I don't know on the AD side what we're doing, but we're going to need somebody in that kind of ilk as well. Um, and not that Jeff did a wonderful job, so don't take this as pejorative if anybody's Steve, listening. What does it mean to be a good fundraiser, right? Like, what if like what are some things that you think we can get better at? Like engaging the fan base, like being more proactive. Like, what what does that mean? I and if I were if I were in charge. I would have a capital projects that I put out in front of everybody and I'm transparent about. Um, I would have put something out years ago when we were trying to build the AUBC, I would have also put out the other side of the stadium. And here's a half a billion dollars worth of stuff you want to build. Here's the priority schedule for us. If we raise X number of dollars, we do the AUBC. And then next, if you want, then we need such and such. I, I would be more, I would talk more about what we're going to build and I would have big stretch goals that I'm not afraid to miss. And at the end of the day, if I don't raise X number of dollars, it's not a failure, but I would talk about it. And that's fundraising. I know a lot of people are like, you can't do that. You don't understand fundraising. Mm, I kind of do. Um, so I would like that. I'd like more people talking about if you want to be Tulane, here's what it costs. Um, it's not always about the money, but it kind of is. When people tell you it's not about the money, it's about the money. So, you know, I, we need more money to be the program we want to be. And so I would like somebody that's just honest about it. UVA is honest about it. You know, as much as we're going to, you know, dump on UVA and, you know, but they have a $3 billion endowment and they have a weekend that they bring people back. They spend 10 million to $15 million to bring people back. They come out with $40 million in commitments and donations out of that weekend. And they make your class, their classes pledge half a million dollars. You know, they, they pledge a lot of money, $500,000 a lot of these classes pledge back to the university before they graduate. 
Now, how do you get that money? You hit your parents up. My kid was at UVA. He came to me and said, there's time that we need to make a class gift. And I said, so make it. He goes, no, I need you to write a check. So guess what? Dad wrote a check. Um, it's a great fundraiser. So we need to do more of that type of stuff at JMU. So my hope is, is that we start doing that. Well, I have I'm going right now, my, my phone is blowing up and I have a lot of very successful JMU alums texting me day over day. I'm talking to you guys. Like this is, this, that is what we need. Like there are very smart, successful JMU alums that love to go to JMU games, root from close and root from afar. That is who we're talking to. And that is why I think we need to build this thing. Right. And continue this rocket ship. Sorry to cut you off, John. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I do have some thoughts, though. I, and I think this is not an outside of the, the realm piece of commentary. And it's something that we had discussed privately and in some regards publicly um, during Coach Signe's tenure. Is I don't think that was a strong suit of his. I, we, we did not have Pat McAfee, Kurt Signetti, for the vast majority of his tenure. Um, his engagements at some of the Duke Club events were were interesting at times um and i do think that if there is an opportunity i'm not going to linger on kurt signetti's flaws in that arena but there is a possibility of having a younger energetic coach um i look at somebody like a mark byington you know when you when you see coach byington and what he does with his version of the alpha dogs and what coach byington does uh in terms of his engagement uh with with supporters you start to see what value that can have in terms of keeping people excited um, using the media, using social media as a tool, that could be incredibly effective. And I think it has to be something that our new athletic director and Jeff Bourne are going to likely be taking into account. It's not everything wins um, or everything. But when you're talking about fundraising, that young energy can be really powerful in terms of keeping people engaged and keeping them you know, willing to support this program in a bigger way. And I think there is an opportunity to grow that uh, with this hire. And I think it should be exciting for all of us uh, to look at that as a real possibility. Other well, than that, guys, guys just... anything yeah, anything else in terms of what we're likely to see over the next few days as my son joins the podcast that you're looking for over the next 48 hours? I, I did think Jeff Bourne said he wanted to give this new coach at least 8 to 10 days minimum in terms of the portal. So it is very likely that we see a, a coaching candidate come to the forefront of this hiring process as early as tonight, if not tomorrow morning, at least news breaking. I think it's that's something you expect. Monday. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be, be Monday. Monday over here, but like before there's Monday. So, so much urgency behind having someone in place before the portal opens. Yeah, we don't have the luxury you had back in the FCS days when your season was over in December and you could spend 20 days looking for a coach. Uh, the portal's changed all that. So right now you got to move, you got to be nimble, you got to make a quick decision. Um, and, you know, to be frank, we're not usually good at that at JMU. We're not usually nimble. Um, and I'm hoping and I, I'm, I think we will be. I, I think when the situation calls for it, we're going to do it. And I think the situation calls for it here. Um, whether we're able to get an AD coach at the same time, I don't know. That's two different committees um, mm -hmm. that are in charge of that. But um, I'm going to I trust Jeff. I trust who who's running this whole thing. And, you know, he can be very nimble when he's charged to be nimble. And I have a feeling he's been charged to be nimble. So um, that's my hope and that's my prayer. And um, we can't really wait because if we do, we're going to, you know, it's going to mess this program up and nobody's trying to mess this program up. I, I think my last uh, comment I was going to say to you, Michael, because I think you've done maybe a job 
that better than anybody in terms of the JMU social sphere of promoting the notion of JMU being so much more than one person is if there's a message out there for recruits who might find themselves stumbling upon a clip of this podcast um, who are saying, you know, I was coming to JMU because of Kurt Signetti. Now I'm not sure. Uh, we posted on our Instagram a video from the App State game just showing what the atmosphere is like with the with the phrase, we're gonna be it's gonna be okay. Um, it is gonna be okay. And if there's a message to the recruits out there, what what would it be from you about why they could should continue to come to Harrisonburg and, and make JMU their home regardless of who the next coach is uh wearing a purple quarter zip in, in a couple of weeks? To echo the great Percy J. Obisay, this is the place. I mean, where you feel loved, you get supported. Right, you have twenty six thousand even more fans yelling at you. You come to this place to win. When you walk into uh, the Plecker Center, all you see are trophies and championships. That is the culture of JMU. That is a culture of excellence, an expectation of excellence, and you come here to win games. And that doesn't change. I posted a couple stats. I think what forty eight hours ago. I think we're one eighteen and twenty seven in the last ten years, and that counts. Um, Mickey's 2013 six and six year. That's 80% of games that we've won across four head coaches across different times. You have to also remember too, we paid our head coach, what, 400 grand five years ago. And now we're willing to go up to 1.4, 1.5. That's huge. Um, and I know I'm going to keep going here, but Steve, I know you got to wrap up. You want to put a few minutes into this before you got to hop to your next call and I can continue, continue yeah, on. I just, and it won't even take minutes. <clears throat> Uh, people, we are the standard. It's not a coach. It's us. It's JMU. We're the standard. The university has set the standard. You come here to go to school. You, the degree is the standard. That's why you're here. So if you want to play at JMU and you want to have an experience at JMU and you get a good education at JMU, you're coming to the standard. Don't worry about who's sitting in the chair. Love those folks. Love the people that have been in the chair. Love the people that will be in the chair next but we are the standard, never forget it. So when we talk about all that stuff, it's all about us. It's all about JMU. So I just want to point that out. It's never a negative, um, but we're absolutely the standard. We'll continue to be the standard. We'll win. So I got to go do work stuff. I apologize, but I'm going to bail on you guys. So if that's okay. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. All right. See you guys Sunday night, whoever's watching. Go Dukes, get your bowl tickets. I'm coming to the bowl. And if we're in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, you can arrest me. You can tase me. Whatever you want to do, cop, because I'm telling you right now, I will throw streamers. I'm going to throw craps right in his face. He'll have put that body cam on. Those streamers are going, baby. Wherever we go, get used to it, people. Alice, if you're watching this, just make sure to write Steve's number on the inside of his shirt jacket or something like that. So we can, whatever, whatever. I think it's in there because I'm old. So you have like my name in there now. I think that's the thing. All right, guys, I got to roll. Thank you, Steve. All right. No, I mean, Michael, I, I do think, though, it's it's a it's a conversation worth, if you're another, you know, JMU fan on social media that's wants to play a role in helping this program stay forward, the more positivity that recruits see, the more positivity yeah. um, coaches see, the more, you know, everything out there, the more positivity on social media, the better, I think, at a moment like this. Um, you know, because at the very least, we, we can all send messages of support out there to the players that are currently on this roster. Look, this is a tough time for them. You know, the the, the losing a coach, it was tough when Mike Houston left. It was tough whenever Withers left. I'm sure a lot of these players are, are feeling abandoned in some regard. You know, these are these are young men. Yes, but they're still going through, you know, as Jeff Bourne said, I thought eloquently in his remarks, this is an important life moment for them. Mm -hmm. um, but they're all Dukes. The ones that are here, the ones that are leaving, 
We still support them. And this is a moment where we need to be lifting up as best as we can everyone around this program. So uh, because most of these players are going to be back next year. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of energy and a lot of excitement when the new coach walks in. I'm sure those Indiana players had a lot of questions when their head coach was let go. I saw a lot of them enter the portal. But there was a whole group of players who met with Kurt Signet today in Indiana that are probably excited. Uh, and I know from talking to people like Harry O'Kelly and many of the other guests who we had on this program who were players under Mike Houston had some questions when Kurt Signetti was named head coach of JMU. But it obviously worked out for them, and I think it's going to work out for the players who commit to this program going forward. Um, any final thoughts, Michael, that you have uh, before we we wrap this discussion? And, and maybe we should say right off the bat um, to anybody watching this podcast, stay tuned over the next couple of days because I know I'm not breaking down any equipment. If there is breaking news uh, that comes out in the JMU universe, if we can break news, Stay tuned to our social channels for additional opportunities and additional conversations. But maybe your final thoughts on on anything that might happen over the next couple of days and, and what people should be looking for. Yeah. Um, from my dad growing up, he always had one saying um, when I ever, whenever stumbled or if I ever did any well in my life, he always said, don't get too excited. And I, this is my saying for all of Jamie Nation, whoever's listening, don't get too excited. It is what it is. The, the faster we accept the reality, players will come, coaches will come, coaches will go, et cetera, um, the better off we'll be. You know, Signetti was was great, awesome five years. We're going to have a hell of a ride after this too. Um, I believe that we'll have someone in place before Monday and someone that's going to write the ship, someone that's going to provide a vision, someone that's going to bring players in, someone that's going to bring coaches in and stabilize the waters. So I'm excited for it. It's something that we can do. We have an opportunity for that. I tweeted out, we are the head coaching opportunity in the Sun Belt, and we will be. We'll pay, we'll pay better. We have better support. We have a better fan base. Um, you name it, right? And, and for our recruits, I know a lot of them are hanging tight. Like Steve said, we are the standard. There's no doubt about it. No one else can say that. So um, I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm, I'm tracking the phones. If I don't respond in time, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, a lot of things happening at once, but I'm excited um, and ready to go forth and just like put the past behind us, man. Ready to rock there and roll. Go. Again, real quick shout out Skyline Financial Partners, Montpelier Collective. Go check out Skyline. Go make a donation to the Montpelier Collective. Um, my final thoughts I want to thank uh, the volunteers and the board of visitors, the volunteers involved in this hiring search who have put their lives on pause in the holiday season to help JMU find the best possible athletic director, the best possible um, coach they can find. Um, again, these are your fellow Dukes. These are your fellow alumni uh, that are doing incredible work right now to make sure with this hiring firm, to make sure we get the best possible candidates to Harrisonburg. Just want to give them a shout out. Thanks for what you're doing. Um, I'd be remiss though, if I did ask our producer Chandler, you have any final thoughts? No, okay. Chandler's done. He's done. He has somewhere to get to as well. Um, but yeah, stay tuned over the next couple of days. We'll, we will be back on Sunday. We have a pretty special episode planned uh, that we will promo uh, as we go throughout the weekend with some some pretty special guests for fans of the 2004 um, championship run. So stay tuned to that. Um, but again, we'll have breaking news by Sunday night's episode. We may have a coach and we may have a bowl destination. Uh, so stay tuned to JMU Sound Off um, on all our social platforms as well as jmusoundoff.com. Also want to mention to people watching, we put up some brand new merchandise on the website. We've got a cool basketball shirt up there now. Uh, have some other editions of the Jimmy brand that we're starting to see around campus a lot. Um, check that out. 
Uh, note for those who are ordering merchandise from jamiesoundoff.com, order by December 4th. You place your order by December 4th, you will get that uh, delivered by Christmas. That has been Bonfire's commitment. Uh, so we're hoping that they're able to do that. So again, um, thank you to who have uh, supported those efforts and are wearing the shirts. It's cool to see. Uh, and with that, we'll call it a show. Enjoy the next couple of days. Follow social media. Thanks to Shane Metlin, Katie Harper for your reporting. And we'll see you Sunday night, 8 p.m. Jamie Soundoff. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.